practice and I love coming there because I just I love to worship you know and uh, worship it uh, it changes the atmosphere and uh, the Bible says that God inhabits the praises of his people and so when when we make the choice I may know that worship is a choice you know uh, worship is is uh, too many times we, we um, too many times we worship um, based on our situation come on Sometimes we, 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 we give God only the, the amount of worship based on uh, how good things are or how bad things are or how difficult things are or how good things are. And so that, and, and, but uh, our worship shouldn't change based on our situation or our environment. Our worship should always be the same. And so, but, you know, when we learn how to worship through, God, worship through our circumstances, God opens up things in our past. So God bless you. Thank you, Josh. Come on, great word. Come on, give it for the Lord. I don't know about you, but um, who was here last week? Anybody here last week, last Sunday? And um, anybody get squeezed this week? My goodness. My goodness. I, sque- I got so squeezed this whole week. I called up people. I said, I'll never preach about getting squeezed again. And, um, but as I was going through the week and, and different things, I was getting squeezed in different situations. I was like, wow, God, there's a... There's a purpose for this squeezing. There's a purpose for pressure. And a lot of times we don't always agree with it. How, how many agree when, you know, when, when we're stressed and one thing after another, one phone call after another, one breakdown and one you know, bill after another. And uh, I love when you know, my wife calls me, hey, we're uh, negative in the account. I said, well, I don't know what to do about that right now. Anybody ever get that phone call before? Come on. If y'all got too much, you can just cut me a check for $100 after the service is over. That's fine. But, you know, sometimes that happens, you know, and, and just you get one phone call after another and, and just one thing. And, uh, you know, like a machine we just got out of the shop, put it, we put it on the, we put it to work. The very next day we start it up and all of a sudden it, desi- it, it decides to become a geyser and oils come flying out of the motor. And I'm like, okay. And, and so all, all, you know, all week long, we're just, you know, one pressure moment after another. Adam, Adam calls me. I see it. You're having a squeezing day. Next day, Adam starts having squeezing moments, and th- things are getting squeezed in him. And come on, can, can I talk to anybody who just feels like they're being squeezed? Is there any normal folk? Uh, y'all, y'all over here are too spiritual. Can I talk to some folk over here who's just being a little bit squeezed, and you're going through some things that are just hard-pressed on every side? Hold on. Let, let me, let me, let me. Let me find somebody. Who, who's having a good moment right now? Who's having a kind of good day right now? Who's, who's feeling okay? Who's, Max, you feeling okay? Come here, Max. I want you to help me out one second. Max, I want you to sit in a hot seat. We did this yesterday, but this is going to be a little different. All right, Max. How you doing? You having a, having a decent day? All right. I want to see how that changes in a moment. Are you ready? All right. Now, I need, I need about... I need about eight people right now to come over here and stand with me. All right? Just stand beside Max. Leo, too. He can come up with two. That's good. It's all good. He can be with Dad. That's good. All right. Anybody else want to join this party? Oh, Vinny? Come on. Perfect. All right. Come on. You don't want to join? Okay. Anybody else want to join? Give me one more shot. Come on, Gat. All right. Now, what I want you to do... Max, you having a, you, how are you feeling right now? Are you feeling a little nervous right now? You have no idea what's going to happen, do you? All right. Anybody else want to join this? Anybody else? 
I need one more person. Give me one more person. Come on, Mark. You're up. <laughs> Come on, Mark. One more, t- one more guy. All right, very good. All right, now what I want you guys to do is I want you to just completely surround Max right now with your backs to him. Put your backs to him and just surround him on all sides, all the way in. Come on. We got a gap over here. We got a gap. A little closer. A little closer in. A little closer in. All right, Max, how are you feeling now? How do you feel right now at this moment? Cluttered. You feel cluttered? Give me some more, some more words. How else do you feel? Smothered? Scattered? Chunked? Diced? How else do you feel? You sounds like hash browns at Waffle House. What else do you? It's hot now. It's getting hot, right? But I thought it smells. Can you see me very well? Can you hear me? You can hear me, right? But you, you can't see me. I'm still here, Max. Everybody shout. He's still here. here. All right. Even though you can't see him, he's still here. Come on. All right. And so, so Max, how do you feel at this moment? You you want to get out of there, right? All right. Everybody, go ahead. Release Max for a minute. Give it up for everybody. Thank you so much. All right, Max, stay right there. I want to ask you some questions. All right. So before you came on this seat, you said you were feeling okay. You feel pretty good. All of a sudden, your circumstances changed. Very quickly. How did that make you feel after that happened? Uh, I wasn't having a good day. I was, was, I was cluttered, <laughs> miserable, couldn't yeah. see, didn't know where I was going. Yeah. All discombobulated. All right. It got dark. Yeah. You, didn't, you couldn't see out anymore. You knew everybody was out here still, but you felt like you were in a hole, maybe just trapped and just hard-pressed. Yeah, right? yeah. All right. Did it make you feel like discouraged, hopeless, different things? You had a lot yeah. of things, right? Yeah, oh, I had okay. a lot of thoughts. A lot of thoughts. Yeah. All right, thank you. Guys, give it for Max. Thank you, Max. And Leo. <laughs> Everybody shout, I'm hard-pressed. hard-pressed. It's something how your situation can change in a moment. Adam come to me this morning and said, he said, what is it out of these three things, out of your attitude, your environment, or what else? Attitude, environment, and something, and your values. Out of those three things, what is it that makes you act out a certain way? And so I began to think about it for a minute because, see, the, 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 the real answer for that would be your attitude. I want to get to that in a minute. But see, what happens is that we can be having a good attitude, and then all of a sudden... We can get hard-pressed on every side, and then all of a sudden, our, our, our light, sunny day just turned dark, hot, miserable, cluttered, uh, uncomfortable. Come on, am I, am I talking to anybody? Is anybody over here now feeling what I'm saying? Come on. And, and so I want to talk to some people here this morning that just feel a little hard-pressed on every side. In fact, the Apostle Paul said it like this. He said, we don't preach ourselves." But Christ, Jesus the Lord, and we're his bondservants. For it is the God who commands light to shine out of darkness, who has shown in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God and Jesus Christ. But we have this treasure in earthen vessels, that the excellence of the power may be of God and not of us. That the excellence of the power may be of who? Of God and not of us. For we are hard-pressed. Come on, y'all know this. We are hard-pressed on what? Every side, but yet we are not crushed. We are perplexed. We're not in despair, 
persecuted, not forsaken, struck down, not destroyed, always caring about the body and the dying of the Lord Jesus, that the life of Jesus also may be manifested in our body. Therefore, we do not lose heart, even though our outward man is perishing, yet the inward man is being renewed day by day for our light affliction. Did you hear this? Light affliction. This is the Apostle Paul talking. This dude called light affliction being shipwrecked, lost at sea for a few days, floating on boards, got beaten, flogged, left for dead. In fact, one time they thought he was dead. And after the crowd left, they picked him back up and brought him into the city. He's calling this light affliction. We get a toe ache and we say, the devil's attacking me. Come on. We get a toe ache and all of a sudden we got demons in our room. You know what I'm saying? We get, we get, we have a, we're having a hard moment. All of a sudden, you know, we're rebuking and we're binding and all this stuff like that just because we're having a hard day. And the Apostle Paul, I don't know about you, but nobody in here has ever been lost at sea for a day or two floating on a board. Come on. Nobody in here has ever been beaten, chained to a wall, left for dead. And, you know, for the gospel's sake. We think we're getting persecuted because we put some scripture up on Instagram and people don't like it. All of a sudden, we want to go ahead and backslide and stop going to church, stop talking about God because we're having social media anxiety. And so the Apostle Paul said, I'm hard-pressed on every side. For this light affliction, which is but for a moment, is working for us a far exceedingly eternal weight of glory. And I began to think about how the enemy can just hard-press us. Now, there are things that we get ourselves into uh, and I'm not going to talk about that this morning. But I'm going to talk to you about some things that we are out of our control. That sometimes storms happen. Sometimes things happen that are out of our control. And we get hard pressed. And do you know what happens? People begin to judge you because of, of, of uh, they begin to look at you because you're being so hard pressed. Well, what did they do that they're in the trouble they're in right now? All of a sudden we got friends like Job come knocking on our door. What type of sin are you in, dude? Why, why'd you all, why is all your, your, why is your, why are you being so attacked financially? Why, why is your business like this? Why is your children acting like this? And then all the friend, they, these friends come to Job. Y'all know the story, right? Job, he got hard pressed. He got everything taken from him. His family was taken from him. His wife was left there to, to say, why don't you just curse God and die? He had boils all over him. He was hard pressed on every side. And there are some here this morning, you feel like you're hard pressed. Maybe you're not to the extent of Job, but there are things that's going on in your life right now that are just being squeezed. Come on. Can anybody bear witness with this right now today? Come on. And so all week long, I'm, I'm like, God, there's a, there's a purpose for the pressure. How many know there's purpose for the pressure? Sometimes you feel surrounded. Maybe you feel you're surrounded by doctor's bills. You feel surrounded by unforgiveness, the things of the past, bad relationships, insecurities. You got these things, all these things that are surrounding you, hard pressure, work, and not enough work, too much work, too many, too, too much, all these things. You got all these things that's hard pressed on every side. Am I talking to anybody this morning? Because this is what God is saying. And I love that what you said, Josh, is so true. Because it's like, you know, we can go down the line and talk about, you know, different things, what people's gone through. But this is what God is saying. He said, there's a purpose for the pressure. There's a purpose for the pressure. We're hard-pressed on every side. But yet we're not crushed. It reminded me of a time when, in, uh, in, in the story of Elisha. 
And he, he, Elisha was, he was um, a prophet, he was a man of God. And he would tell the king of Israel the plans of Syria. You see, the king of Syria would always attack Israel. Always. And so, but what happened was, every time that Syria got their guys together to go attack the king of Israel, they already knew that they were coming. And so when they would get there to fight them, the Israelites would be gone. And they'd go to this town. And they'd come up and they would, they'd all, like the Israelites was always a step ahead of them. So the king of Syria, he's like, he's really mad. He's like, he calls his guys together. He's like, all right, who's doing this? Who's leaking out the information, right? Who's, le who's leaking out all this secret, you know, uh, stuff here? Why is Israel always one step ahead of us? Every time we go attack them, they already, already know we're coming. Who is it? And so the king of Syria, he's mad. And then one of, the, one of his guys said, I'll tell you who it is. It's Elisha. He's a prophet. He's a man of God. And you know what, king? He tells the king of Israel what you say in your bedroom. He knows the secret. You see, God would download to Elisha the enemy's plan. And then he would transfer it to the king of Israel. And that's how he knew. And so the king of Syria got, oh man, he was, now he was mad. Now he's like, okay, we got to go get him. So the king of Syria gets together a great army. Everybody say a great army. In fact, they, they said he's in a town called Dothan. He said he's going to get a great army. Everybody shout great army. great army. Now, the king of Syria, he didn't send down just a couple guys to Elisha's house like the strong arm. You know, like, like Tony Cannoli and, and Frankie, uh, Frankie Boy. Tony and Frankie's going to go down to Elisha's house and say, Hey, why are you giving my boss a hard time? We need to talk here. We got a problem. He didn't do that. He gathered together a great army. Everybody shout great army. Great army. He, he gathered this great army. And he goes down to Dothan. And as he goes down there, picture this. The word Dothan, now watch this. The word Dothan means two wells. Everybody say two wells. You see, Elisha lived in a place of, of blessing. He lived in a place of overflow. Because the word Dothan means two wells. He lived in, in a well represented wealth. It represented uh, provision and represent the blessing of God. And so Elisha lived in a place of blessing, but he not only lived in a place of blessing, he lived in a place of double blessing. He lived in a place where it was overflowing. And so now here, Syria, the king of Syria brings an army to go down to find out what this dude is doing. So let's look at 2 Kings chapter 6. 2 Kings chapter 6. Anybody got your Bible? Any school of ministry students got your Bible? Let's see some Bibles. Look at this one. George. <laughs> All right. 2 Kings chapter 6. I want to encourage you. Bring your Bible. Bring your word. Bring your sword. 2 Kings chapter 6, verse 8. Now the king of Syria was making war against Israel... And he consulted with all the servants. We, we went through this. And then the, the king of Israel sent someone to the place. Uh, let's look at verse 11. Therefore the heart of the king of Syria was greatly troubled by this thing. And he called his servants and said to him, Will you not show me 
which of us is for the king of Israel? And one of the servants says, no one, my lord, but the king of, but Elisha, the prophet who was in Israel. He tells the king of Israel the words that you speak in your bedroom. So he said, go and see where he is, that I may go and get him. And it was told him that surely he's in Dothan. Therefore he sent horses and chariots and a great army there. And they came by night and surrounded the city. Everybody shout, surrounded the city. He hard-pressed the city. He was completely surrounded. Just like how Max was brought up here and he was having a, a pretty good day. And then all of a sudden his day just turned not so good. He was in good spirits. He was happy. And then all of a sudden we surrounded him. And then after he was surrounded, immediately it changed everything in him. And this is exactly what happened here. Here is Elisha. And he's inside of his tent. He's with his little servant guy. And the servant wakes up that morning and he makes his little, you know, if you could just imagine this with me. He wakes up that morning. He walks outside and he's got his little cup of coffee. You know what I'm saying? He's got his little coffee mug. He just made his little Keurig. And he's walking outside and, and he... He's, he, he's just wiping the sleep out of his eyes. Can you just see this? And, he, and he's wiping the sleep out of his eyes. And he looks. And he's taking himself a good sip. And he looks again. And now he's completely, completely bewildered. He's like, what is going on here? I wake up. And now we're completely surrounded. He runs inside to Elisha. He's like, Elisha, what are we going to do? We're completely surrounded by the enemy. Here it is. He wakes up in, in, that morning, and now he finds himself just to be completely surrounded. Everything was fine. Went to bed that night, went to bed that night, and he was fine. Everything was good. But now he wakes up, and now they find themselves completely surrounded. They find themselves hard-pressed on every side. They find themselves in a place where there's no escape. And there are some here this morning that feel the same way, that you feel like you're hard-pressed. And that there's no escape. And you're saying, what am I going to do? What am I going to do in this moment? How am I going to get out of this situation? What's the purpose for this? And see, there's a purpose for the pressure. Somebody say, there's a purpose for the pressure. This man felt hopeless. This man's focus was on the enemy and what they were doing. But that wasn't a wrong statement. The fact that they were surrounded wasn't a wrong statement. The fact that you may be going through a, a, a hard time right now is not a wrong thing to say. The fact that you may be having financial problems and family situations and different things and you're hard pressed and, and maybe there's stress, there's worry. Uh, the enemy is trying to uh, wrap your mind with depression and wrap your mind with uh, anxiety and all these things. These things are real. However, what he saw made him feel like they weren't going to make it. And the fact that now your situation may change makes you feel like, how am I going to get out of this? How am, I going, how am I going to make it through this moment? And I have a question. What is surrounding you right now? What is it surrounding you? Is it financial stress? Is it a, a sickness? Is it doctor's reports? Always dealing with pain? Is it worry? Is it anxiety? Is it stress? Dealing with situations that you don't have the answer to? Is it an addiction that's surrounding you? Trying to get free from sin. Bad habits. Can't seem to shake it. How about family problems? Can't get along with each other. Parents, children, brothers, sister. Marriage problems. Constant division. Constant arguing in the, in the home. Let me ask you a question. 
Are you spiritually dry right now? Do you feel that surrounding you? Are you dealing with unforgiveness, things of the past? There are many of us today that's dealing with something that makes us feel surrounded and we don't have the way out. And there are many asking this question, what are we going to do? Fear will always keep me from having faith. Fear will always keep me. Fear will always stop me from believing. Fear will always stop me from believing God that he's going to bring me through. So Elisha immediately, the good man of God, the good teacher that he is, he, he instantly begins to encourage his servant. He says, don't fear. For those who are with us are more than those who are against us. I can hear him. You know, something like Joel Osteen. Don't worry, my brother. Everything's going to be just fine. God's with us. Just believe God. Hold your Bible up and throw the Bible at the enemy. You'll be just fine. Uh, excuse me? Are you serious? And so here's Elisha. He comes out and he has this real nice voice. And he says, those are more for us. And those are against us. And man, that sounds good. Man, that'll preach right there, won't it? And we get excited about that. And we're like, are you kidding me? Because all I see is the enemy. All I see is the problem. All I see is the situation. The man, he could have sat back and said, did, did, did you really... Did you really just say that? Are you serious? What does, what does he see? He goes back out and he sees again. He's like, what does he see? Am I missing something? And then he's like, dude, my mama was right. I should never follow this guy. <laughs> this is crazy. It sounds good. And I can hear the thoughts that many have in here right now. Pastor, you don't know what I'm going through. You don't understand what I'm facing right now. This is an impossible situation. You know, it's easy for you to say that. But you're not going through what I'm going through. Pastor, you don't want to have lost your mind. You can't be saying something like that. And so instantly we, we look at the situation. We're like, God, there's more for us than those are against us. We'll all experience times when we're surrounded. And I'm not prophesying something to happen, but it happens. It will happen. It may not, you know, what, what's surrounding you and what's surrounding me could be two different things. What's, what's hard for you to get past may be easy for me to get past. What's, what's hard for me to get past may be easy for you to get past. We're all surrounded by different things. So the question is, what do we do when we just feel surrounded? What do you do? Sure, I'm sure a lot of us in here this morning can rattle off some spiritual answers. You need to pray more. Fast. Read your Bible. Go to church. Give an offering. Worship. Put on music. Go on a retreat. All these things are good answers, and they're right. But what do you do when you don't feel like doing all those things? What do you do when you feel you're just tired spiritually and your faith is low? You know, there were times like that. There was a man in the Bible that his faith was low, and he was paralyzed. And, and some friends brought him to Jesus, carrying him on a mat. You see, when, you have, when your faith is really low and you just feel beaten, sometimes you've got to surround yourself. Stop looking at the enemy and start surrounding yourself with some men of God. Start surrounding yourself with some women of God. Start surrounding you, yourself with some people of faith. Because there are going to be times when you're, you're going to feel down. You're going to feel defeated. Those are the times you need to pick up somebody and say, Hey, dude, I need you to help me pray. Will you come over? Because I, I don't know how to pray right now. I don't know what to do. I remember one time, a buddy of mine... Called me in the middle of the night. I'll never forget it. I'll never forget it. He called me up. He's at the church. He said, Aaron, he said, I've got a, I need your help. I've got a gun. And I'm at the church. And I just, I just want to kill myself. I'm done. I'll never forget this. It's happened about 
15, 16 years ago. I'll never forget it. He said, I need your help. About 3 o'clock in the morning. Remember that, honey? He said, I need your help. Please. I get there to the church. I don't know what, to fi- I don't know what I'm going to find there. I don't know if he's going to shoot me, shoot himself. I don't know what was going to happen. I'm just praying, praying in the spirit all the way there. And I just, I got there. I'm like, all right, man, what's going on? We just sat there. We cried. We prayed. Got through. You know what? That guy today is a minister of the gospel. He's pastor right now in Tennessee. Saw him on Instagram the other day. Minister of the gospel. You see, there's a plan that the enemy has for your life. But God's plan is always greater. Come on. God's plan is always greater than the enemy. And, at, and there are moments in our life where we feel surrounded. We feel hard-pressed on every side. And sometimes we just need to call somebody and say, will you just pray with me? Will you help me in this moment? Because I don't know what to do. You know, I didn't come there, I didn't come there, you know, quoting scripture. And I didn't come there, you know, just, uh, just slamming, uh, you know, just Christian habits and, you know, the, the, the commandments over him and condemning and all this other stuff. I just came there with the love of God. And I just came, I said, dude, I said, let's pray. Come on, let's go, let's go after God. And all of a sudden the atmosphere changed. In the same way, there are some of you in here this morning. Don't be so prideful to reach out to people. Don't allow pride to stop you from getting your breakthrough and and breaking into a place of intimacy with God. If you're going through a dry place right now, call somebody. Pray. Call somebody. Pastor, I didn't want to come to church. I'll come open the door for you. You can spend the night here if you want. I don't care. We'll spend the night together. It doesn't matter because it's time that we learn how to go after God. It's time that where we learn to stop looking at the problem and start focusing on the Lord. Come on, are you still with me? Shout amen. But what do you do when you're in these situations and you don't want to do the spiritual thing? You just feel dry. And that's when Elisha prayed. He prayed for his servant. He prayed for his friend. He said, Lord, open his eyes that he would see. And the Lord opened his eyes and the man saw and behold, the mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire all around Elisha. All around him. Elisha didn't step out and say, army, be gone. He didn't say, enemy, go away. He didn't say, God, let your fire fall on these people and kill them. He came out and he prayed, Lord, open his eyes. What he was saying was, Lord, open up his eyes. Help him to see. Help him to see what I see. Change his focus. And what he did, he prayed for, he prayed for his servant for him to see in the spirit. He didn't pray for the situation to change. He prayed for his perception to change. And see, that's what we have to learn how to do when we're in the middle of a situation And that's where it goes with attitude. Because the situation may not change. But you see, if we're not filled with the Holy Spirit, and we don't open ourselves to God, all we'll see is the situation. If we never open up ourselves and renew our mind, you see, we're not, the situation in our lives won't be transformed until my mind is renewed, until I'm able to see what God sees, until I'm able to see that there are more for me than those are against me. Because all I see is the enemy. All I see is the cancer. All I see is the financial problems. All I see is the bankruptcy. This is all I see, and all is surrounding me. How am I going to get through this moment? All I see is family dysfunction. All I see is these problems. How am I going to get through it? we got to learn how to fix our eyes upon the Lord. Learn how to change your focus. Like you were saying earlier, Josh, it's so true. So often we look at the problem. All we see is the problem. And and that's what we focus on. 
And the body of Christ walks around so defeated. We walk around with our head down. We walk around as victims instead of walking as victors. We walk around with our head down saying, how am I going to get through this? Why did God leave me? Why did God forsake me? And we raise our fists to God and we're saying, God, where are you? What am I going to do in this moment? And God is saying, learn how to fix your eyes, bounce your eyes back to him. Because the purpose of the pressure is to reveal the glory of God. Because in that moment, the glory of God was revealed because the angels of the Lord all came and surrounded them. The Bible says that he surrounds and encamps. He surrounds those who fear him. He surrounds those who love him. And you see, what we have to understand is that when I'm hard-pressed, it reveals the glory of God. That's why. God wanted his glory to be revealed. Why are you hard-pressed? It's so that way in your weakness, in my infirmities, in my shortcomings, I can glory all the more in those areas because when I am weak, God's grace, his strength is made perfect in my weaknesses. His glory is revealed. His strength is revealed. His grace, his power is revealed. When I go through these hard-pressing times, that's when God's glory is released on the earth. Come on, are you hearing this? It's time that we learn how to fix our eyes on the Lord. God wants to be revealed. God wants to say, you know what? It's only God who brought me through it. Because if money can fix your problem, it's not a problem then. If doctors can fix it, these ain't the, if, if when God, when, it's when God comes in and says, it was only God that brought me through. It was only God that saved my marriage. It was only God that saved my life. It was only God that saved this church. It was only God that saved my kids. It was God. It wasn't the pill. It was in the doctors. Yes, God used these things, but it was the glory of God because it's God who does it. Come on, give the Lord some praise in this place. Thank you, Jesus. It's real easy to preach about and having great faith and encouraging others to praise their way out and pray and seek the Lord and tell everyone else how to do it. But when it comes down to really living this thing out and walking by faith, it's a whole different story. But focus changes everything. Focus changes everything. The act of staying focused is not the absence of distractions. Because distractions will come. Things will happen. Life gets loud. Staying focused is remaining on course while in the midst of distractions. Did you hear that? Focus means I'm, I'm staying on course while in the midst of distractions, the Apostle Paul had one thing on his mind always. He said in Philippians 3, 12 through 14, not that I have already attained or am already perfected, but I press on that I may hold of that for which Christ Jesus has also laid hold of me. Brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended, but one thing that I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things which are ahead, I press toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Somebody shout, I press on. on. We've got to press on. We've got to keep moving forward. Press on. Don't give up. Persevere. Don't give up. Stay focused. This one thing I do. Keep, stay focused. Stay focused in prayer. Stay focused in worship. Forget the past. Can I say this? I cannot change the past, but I can change my future. I cannot change the past. There's nothing I could do about changing the past. But my actions today will determine my future by renewing my mind. Reach forward. That takes faith. That takes effort. 
We've got to learn how to push past the way we feel. Push past our comfort zones. We live too comfortable as Christians. We don't want, we don't want to get out of our comfort zones. We've got to learn how to push past our comfort zones. I don't feel like it. God's saying to push forward. Press toward the prize, the upward call. There's a higher purpose. There's a calling God is wanting to fix our thoughts on. Josh, you can come. I just want to, I want to pray. I want to pray for you today. I want to allow you to encounter the Lord because I know that there are people here today that just feel hard-pressed. I know there are a lot of us today that feel hard-pressed on every side. Come on, how many feel like that right now? Come on, you just feel hard-pressed. There's things that's pressing you, pressing on your mind. How's, what's the future look like? What does my future look like? What does my kid's future look like? What does my health, the future of my health look like? There's a lot of things that, that will hard-press us. What is this year going to look like? You know, at the beginning of the year, I was, I was saying, I was thinking, that I was like, I wonder what, I wonder what this year will bring. I wonder what... You know, I, I think about that. I think about what, what good things are, are, are coming. I think about what things was going to challenge me this year. Pastor, are you, are you looking for bad things to happen? No. But I know things are going to happen in my life that will squeeze me. I know things are going to happen in my life that's going to challenge me. It's going to press me on every side. And the reason for the pressing is not to destroy you. The reason for the pressing is not to to kill you. It's not to, not to make you give up. The reason for the pressing is to reveal the glory of God. The reason for the pressing is to reveal the glory of God. God is not done with you yet. God is not done with you yet. Father in Jesus' name, I thank you, Lord, for this word today. Lord, there are many here this morning that are hard-pressed on every side. Feeling the, the weight of life. Being pressed by children, by circumstances, by situations that are out of their control. By storms that are popping up. They're just trying to get through. I'll share this quick story with you. I've been reading it a lot in Acts 27. The Apostle Paul and the crew was heading to Rome. They were trying to get to Rome. And while they were heading there, they experienced one storm after another. One storm after another. Things just coming out of, the, out of nowhere. Just one storm. They were being hard-pressed on every side. In fact, it got to the point to where everybody on the ship literally said, all hope is gone. We're not going to make it through this. And then the Apostle Paul stands up and says, look, the God that I belong to and the God that I serve sent an angel last night. He stood beside me. And he said, if you just hold on, if you just stay on this boat, we will make it through. We'll lose the ship. We'll lose the cargo, but your lives will be saved because you stood. Sure enough, all of a sudden, a hurricane came on through the water and started blowing the ship apart. 
They got close to land. They knew there was land coming. And so they, the Bible said they sent out soundings. They start checking the depth of the ocean floor. And they realized they were getting closer. Then the ship started to break apart. And at that moment there, the Apostle Paul took bread and broke it and basically served communion on the boat with everybody. Now they're, now they're believers. Now they're believing God, that God's going to bring them through. The Bible said that they all eventually made it to land and they made it there safely. There was 276 people on, on board. Sometimes you just got to just learn how to stay. Sometimes you just got to learn how to just hold on to God. Sometimes people jump off before it's too early. And so what God is saying today, learn how to have faith and learn how to trust God. Don't give up too soon. Don't give up. Look at somebody say, don't give up. You're going to make it through this story. Father, in Jesus' name, I thank you, Lord, for this word today. And I pray, God, that we would focus on you. That we would stay focused on you today, God. That we would keep our eyes upon you, Lord. There are some here today, God, that don't know what to do. But God, they would keep their eyes on you today. In Jesus' name. With every head bowed and every eye closed, I want to ask you today. You hear you say, Pastor, I need prayer. I'm tired. I've been beaten. I've been, I'm surrounded. Listen, don't miss this moment. Don't miss this time of prayer. Don't allow pride to say, you know what, I've done, I've done came up there too many times. I've done prayed about this thing too many times. Uh, pray for somebody else because it ain't happening for me. And God is saying, would you keep praying? Would you keep going after God? Would you keep believing God that God can bring the breakthrough? If you're here today, you say, Pastor, I need prayer. I just feel surrounded on every side. The first thing I want to ask you right now, I need about, I need some of our school of ministry students to please come on up. Come on up. I, want, I, need, I need a prayer team. Come on, I need our intercessors. Some of our school of ministry students face the crowd you're here today and you say pastor I need prayer I need help I need breakthrough in my life let's all stand to our feet all over this place come on let's all stand let's all stand I want to count down from three 